everyone. Thanks for watching or listening to episode 29 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or Spotify, a nice review would help us get pushed by these uh, big media companies. I'm Steve Lillis, and as usual, my co-host, who's just down the road from me in Oldham, John Evans. Are you okay, John? Yeah, I'm good, Steve. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, um, pouring with rain as usual for the first time, but no, I'm good. Um, special guest this week, a man whose achievements in football and boxing are likely to be matched by a dual-code sportsman. Former British super lightweight champion, Curtis Woodhouse, BEM, which is British Empire Medal. Curtis, thanks for coming on. Uh, the big question, when are you and the missus going down to London to break, to break bread with uh, Queen Elizabeth at Buckingham Palace? Because... Uh, we need to see some pictures of you all doled up and Mrs. Woodhouse doled up around the Queen. And then we want to see you in some bar later on with about 20 pints down your neck. We're more than 20, Steve, I'll be honest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for the email to, um, to let us know a date when I go down and, and be awarded the, the medal. And, and yeah, I can't wait. Not, not very often us Northern boys get, uh, get to go down south, especially to meet the Queen. So, yeah, I can't wait. What was it for? For your services to sport or community activities or just for what you achieved in football and boxing? Because you were a million pound footballer when seven figures was something. Yeah, it was the official line is for my services to football and boxing. Um, and, I, and to be honest, I don't think it's for either one of them individually. It's probably from crossing over to football and boxing and, and winning the British title, really, because there's so many footballers that have had miles better careers than me and same with boxing um so many miles better fighters than me but i think the, the transition from one to the other and becoming the british champion i think uh, like i said the introduction i'll be very surprised if that ever, ever happens again so yeah i think i think um i think the queen must have been watching sky sports that night when i uh, beat down hamilton yeah. must have been on Oh, she might have read your book. You know, she might have had some bedtime reading and read your book about you and Barry Fry, what you used to get up to to annoy him. Yeah, well, she owes me 15 quid if she has. <laughs> <laughs> she might have seen you on the night out in Driffield. Well, she'll be giving me a award if she does that, that's for sure. <laughs> well, she might have been to one of your parties, mate, in Sheffield when you were single and had that big house in Sheffield. Yeah, which well, I've heard well, about, mate. I've heard about Curtis Woodhouse's parties were legendary, mate. They were legendary. Ian, Ian, were, Hend Ian, Ian Hendon lived down the road from you, mate. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, it was in, in Tapton Mount. We used to live. Um, yeah, and yeah, he, he was at the quiet end of the street. <laughs> he My told me. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more younger lads down the bottom end of the street, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we loved it. He'd never been invited and he didn't think he'd ever get an invite. I think he was seen as a geriatric because he was over 30 and you were about 19, giving it the big one. Yeah, it's flat. Great time. <laughs> right. and it's great of you to come on, Kurt. It's how this works. It's a very quick-fire podcast. Three minutes each topic. And then at the end of three minutes, what happens, John? Yeah, John gets a bit serious with that. So uh, he, he's a bit, a bit careful there, Kurt. It's anyway... John, round one, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, a couple of weeks ago, Sonny Edwards came on, didn't he? And he, he told us exactly what he was going to do last weekend. He told uh, Maruti what he was going to do. He told the world what he was going to do. And then, fair play to him, he went and did it. You know, um, generally, boxing, the winner is the person who imposes the will and imposes the style on the other guy, isn't it? And I can't think of a better example recently than what Sonny did. Some people may love his style. Some people may hate it. But... 
that was a punch perfect performance for 12 rounds. I, I can't think of a single second when he, he lost his mind or he got dragged into Maruti's type of fight. And there's going to be tougher fights for Sonny. He's going to fight younger people. He's going to fight people with quicker feet and maybe a, a bit more hunger. But let's just let him enjoy his moment there. He, he beat the number one guy in the world and he did it in complete ease. You know, well done, Sonny Edwards. Curtis? Yeah, he's got the, he's got the hardest style in boxing um, to master. You know, to stand so close to somebody and not be able to, and, and not get hit. Yeah, I always say the ones with the least amount of ability have to throw more punches. You know, you chuck enough. I don't can you swear on here? Yeah, do what you want. Yeah, <laughs> you chuck enough shit at the wall, some of it sticks. You know, and and, uh, and, that, and that's a lot of style with fighters that maybe haven't got his ability, but he's got unbelievable hand-eye coordination, and he's yeah. got that um, ability to make you miss by a millimeter. You know, the the best one I've ever been in with uh, that had that inspiring was Kel Brook. You know, he's he's timing an instinct to could make you think you're going to hit him and then just miss by a millimetre and then smack you with a with a counter-punch. Um, Sonny's a very good boxer. He just lacks a little bit of power, doesn't he? You know, if he punched harder, it'd be very, very, very hard to beat. But, uh, yeah, like you said, a lot of people love watching it and a lot of people don't like watching it. it it's not my style that I boxed him because I wasn't good enough to box that way, but it's a style that I like watching um, because it's just beautiful, isn't it? And if you know boxing, you understand how hard it is to do what he does. Yeah, it's, it's a great style. You say, John was saying, some people you enjoy watching doing it. If not, if you can do it well like him, you'll watch it all the time. And you wonder now, the rest of the division, they're going to think, well, you know, if his feet's slow and, you know, I've, my feet aren't bad, I've got a chance. But he can be so hard to beat. You know, the obvious fight is Julio Martinez. I think he's got the WBC belt. He's the one who had that no contest, as it was called, against his brother. You know, Dalakean, yeah. the, the WBA champion. Um, I don't know. I don't know a lot about flyweights. So I'm not one of these geniuses who professes to, to know it when I've read Bleat and Box Rec on the guy or something. Um, he sparred with Dal Kane, I know that. Um, and Dal Kane, I know how good he is. And the WBO champion, the Naktani, I've never even heard of him, so I looked him up today. So I've no idea what he's like. Maybe you know, John, where he come, where Sonny would rate among these these three. Well, like I say, he's going to be impossible to beat. But I tell you what, just as a, a first defence for Sonny and a bit of a crowd pleaser, let's get him in with Jay Harris, an all-British fight, crowd pleaser and... Get Sonny back moving again. He's got the final eliminator, Jay Harris. Curtis, over to you for round two. You're going to talk about pay-per-view. Paper, honestly, I love boxing. Loved it since I was a kid. Watched all the fights, but I'm I'm pig sick with pay-per-view. I'm done with it. I, I mean, I paid twenty pound on Saturday to watch Derek Chisora um, have an eleventh attempt at getting into the top fifteen in the world. I mean, we all love Derek, you know, brilliant, you know, tough as he come, hard as nails, but we need some sort of uh, regulation on pay-per-view. It, it, it can't be, um, it has to be a better standard and a, a, a fight that really means some more. Whoever won Saturday, Chisora versus Parker, no one really cared. It didn't really mean anything. I had to fork out £20 for it, you know, and it's just going on and on and on. And, and it, you know, the pay-per-view standard has dropped dramatically over the last probably five, ten years. And I, and I think we're getting fed that much rubbish now that we just accept that, well, that, that's just what it is these days. I think we have to hold um, Sky Sports to a higher um, a higher standard, really, and demand more. But it's idiots like me that keep paying for it all the time. They'll keep feeding you it. So, you know, what yeah, can you do? 
I'll be honest, I, this was the first one in ages that I never bought on Saturday night. I just wasn't going to, you know, be rinsed for that for Saturday. You know, I'll give anyone 20 quid if they want it. But I, I couldn't just justify spending 20 quid on that card as good as that. You know, we all know that the girls' fight was going to be. And I think with Sky and, the, you know, any BT, any company that shows pay-per-view, they're not aiming at the likes of us three who are boxing geeks, you know, who know the game back to front. They're, they're aiming at the general sports fan where they can just whack on Sky Sports News all night and tell them they're going to get a world title fight. They're not aiming at us and, they're, and, they're, and they're, that people are buying it. The week before the fight, I was out running with a little group I run with and one of the lads there, I hardly know him, I just have a quick chat to him every week and he says to me, oh, Derek Chisora boxes next week. I can't wait for that fight. And he's, he, he said, do you watch a lot of boxing? No, I'm just a Saturday night fan. That's who what they're aiming, they're aiming at and that's who they're... they're the TV networks are fishing in, and if their targets are getting met, that they cover their costs and the fighters get paid, they're going to carry on doing it. What do you think, John? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Like like we said last week, that was like two bald men fighting over a comb, weren't it? It didn't matter who won, but they weren't <laughs> going to do anything with a win. You know, I I love Derek. I love oh, Derek. Yeah. He's a lunatic. I like those type of guys. But I, as I've said before, I, Joseph Parker, I, I just don't see it. And... um Fanny over twenty pound for it. I don't know. Fair enough. But both guys put on a put on an entertaining fight. But as Curtis says, does it really mean anything? Neither of them's going to get a shot anytime soon. And yeah, we can't carry on with these things. Um, but I mean, listen, it's a, it's a good, solid undercard fight, isn't it? Exactly. And, and that, that's what it is. And it's a it's a good fight. Sorry, you know? Sorry. out of time. Uh, round three. Um, Andy Ruiz. Um, I don't know if you guys saw him the weekend. Um, he's lost. He was. Um, I think it was about just over around two stone lighter than the rematch of Anthony Joshua, uh, just over a stone lighter than the first fight when he knocks AJ out. Um, and I watched him the other the other night. Well, I didn't watch it. I watched it yesterday. I, I got hold of it to see it. And and I think the weight loss has made him so fragile. He's, he just looked like a fat bloke who's lost weight. When I lost about four stone about five years ago, when I stripped the weight off at first, I looked a fucking disgrace. I looked like a fat <laughs> geezer who'd lost weight. It was fucking X-rated, I tell you. And that's what he looked like, a fat bloke who lost weight. And the fact he's getting floored and rocked, floored in the second, I think he was hurt in the third or fourth by Areola, suggests to me him losing that weight is no good. I was fortunate enough yesterday to be doing some filming with Roy Jones Jr. And we, we got talking about his fights, the, you know, the um, Ruiz, the, the John Ruiz fight, that, and... Um, he when he dropped that two stone in eight months before going back and I think it was the first fight with Tarver, which he won by digging deep. He was a never never the same fighter after losing that weight, um, in my opinion. And I just think Andy Ruiz is better looking like a slob instead of a fat bloke from the gym who's lost weight. Yeah, I, t I totally agree. You know, he, he, he did. He, he looked really, really fragile. Uh, and one thing he looked in in both the Joshua fights, even they got dropped in the first one. But he looked like he could take it as well as dish it out, especially in the first one. And even the second one, he took some fair clumps off Joshua and wasn't going anywhere. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's a real difficult one with the weight loss. Because, like I said, he does, he does look awful and overweight. But his body's functional to be able to do his job, and that's fight. Um, so, he's like every fight, he's got to find his optimum weight, hasn't he? I remember, I know it's different, but when I went down to nine stone nine on the scales, I looked Very like the incredible Hulk. I looked amazing. But as soon as you punched me, oh my god, really? I was all over the place. I, I had no punch resistance whatsoever. Um, 
so yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Is weight in boxing? Everyone has an optimum weight, and it's not how you look. It's how you can how you can actually compete, and it's how you can take a punch. Is probably your optimum weight um, because you know it, it, that's the game we're in. You've got to be able to dish it out as, as well as take it. If you can't take it, you're knackered. And he, he did. He looked he looked to shell. I think you hit the nail on the head, Steve. Is it right that some people just let him be fat and happy? You know, maybe Ruiz. If he's happy in training and he's fat, you'll see the best of him. James Tony, if James Tony could probably have been a cruiserweight all his career and fat, he might never have lost. He was that good when he went up to cruiserweight. Maybe Andy Ruiz is just one of those. Let him eat what he wants. As long as he's in the gym, working on his fitness, as long as he can do the rounds, just let yeah. him get on with it. It's like Tyson Fury, though, isn't it? You look at Tyson Fury, he's not body beautiful, but he could, go, he could fight 20 rounds if he wanted to. John, um, over to you for round four. Yeah, it seems like every close fight, every entertaining fight now, people want to see a rematch of it. And sometimes the, co the comment commentary of, well, whatever happens now for the rest of this fight, we'll be happy to watch this again. They're coming out with that after round six and seven. Um, just this weekend, I saw on Twitter, I saw calls for James Tennyson to get an immediate rematch in Belfast. I saw calls for Taylor and Jonas to have a rematch. And bleeding Chisora and Parker were negotiating their own rematch. Well, that's three straight away. Just... Reward the winner, let the loser rebuild, and if a rematch forms itself in the future, do it then. You know, obviously, there's, there's some examples where there's got to be a rematch. I think Warrington and Lara, there's got to be a rematch there. And sometimes the underdog might want another big payday, like Ruiz and Joshua. But on the whole, for fights like for fights like Tennyson, just let them both go their separate ways. Let Tennyson get back in and let them fight again. Not every close fight should be a rematch. Yeah, when I when I heard um, Josh, uh, sorry Parker um, Chisora talking rematch, I thought I'm going to bed now. It's enough for me for one night. <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting another twenty out of me for that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, and it, it's sometimes when you lose a close fight, and I think I had seven losses. I think out of the, I think four out of the seven were even yeah. a split or by a point. And sometimes you don't really feel like it's a loss. You know, you just move on. Like, see, so you go your separate ways. If a rematch happens, it happens. Um, but yeah, I agree. Not every close fight is, is a rematch. And some fights that are close, the person that won it is always going to win the rematch yeah. anyway. You know, I kind of feel like once you've seen one, you've, you've seen them all, unless unless it's like an absolute war um, where the, the, the public demand that you have to... It, we need to see that again, like Gatty Ward or whatever. But yeah, normally, like, I think the, the statistics are about 85%. Whoever wins the first one normally wins the rematch. So yeah, yeah I agree it is what it is, isn't it? And also saying that very plenty of them aren't as good, but I agree with you both. But just one thing, what you said, John, I'm not sure that Josh Warrington needs that rematch with Lara right now. Mm. Uh, I'm just not sure it's the, it's the right fight for him at all after, after what, what, what he took, especially in the second half of that fight, um, all through the fight, but from round five onwards when he could have been pulled out. I'm not sure that's, that's the... Lara, he needs yeah. Lara right now. He could, he could have gone his own way for a fight or two. I would have rather seen yeah. him get a couple wins, maybe just against European type fellas, and gone into that fight this time next year. I just think yeah, Josh, but... probably, Josh has only got maybe three fights left, hasn't he? Yeah, there's that argument that yeah. I think that Lara is a funny one. No one knows how good he is. You know, I, I, I he really impressed me when he, he boxed Warrington. I know a lot of people are saying you know Warrington didn't look great, but I thought Lara looked like. His first time over in this country, you know, he he's only going to get better. Um, so yeah, you know, Joshua want to put that right, but might not be a bad one to, to leave. Uh, your final topic is on PEDs, um, Curtis. 
Yeah, massive bugbear of mine. You know, I think we need to sanction something really, really quickly. I'm not one of these three strikes and you're out guy. I think if you're caught for performance enhancing drugs, you should have a, a lengthy ban and barred from ever fighting for a world title. Um, you know, some drugs are obviously different. You know, some are, are, are fat burners or, or whatever. They're maybe not as serious, but the performance enhancing stuff, you know, that make you punch harder, punch faster and be more durable. If you're caught with any of that stuff, you know, for me, that you, you should never fight again and definitely should, shouldn't be able to fight for world titles. Too many times I see people getting punished when it's not really a punishment, they get like an eight-month ban, especially these big heavyweights. They don't fight every eight months anyway, so they're not really getting a ban. You know, I, I've had enough of it, to be honest, because what happens is you get people online saying, oh, well, you're all at it. So we all get tarnished now we'll, as we'll drug, drug treat cheats, and, and, it, and, it, and we're not, and it, it really, really annoys me um, that nothing's really done. It's one of those things that everyone kind of turns a blind eye to, and it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. Yeah, Curtis, you can carry on on this. A lot of people say the steroids help them in help them in training to help them work harder and longer, rather than the fight itself. You don't have to don't name names. In fact, don't want Steve getting sued. But have you ever been in the gym with someone who you knows on it, and can you tell a difference in the sparring? No, I, I honestly haven't. Um, I, I've never been around anyone in the in the gym that I've known to be taking them. And if I'm honest, if I knew someone was taking, them, I'd pull them up on it straight away. And I pull the coach up on it straight away because it, for me, it's just wrong on so many levels. You know, I've, I've been very close to tragedy in, in, in boxing. I, I've, I've seen it firsthand um, and I know how dangerous the sport is. So for people to be putting other fighters' lives at risk, you know, if I, if I knew anyone that I was sharing the gym, gym with, I'd fucking pull them on it straight away and, and, and I'd out them. You know, I'd, I'd out them straight away. I think it's the worst thing to do in boxing, I think, is to to take performance enhancing drugs to go and fight another man. For me, you can't do anything lower than that. You know what worries me? I agree with what you say, but you know what? I wonder, and as you say, you all get tarred with the same brush. And that the topic you raised, Curtis, is one that fighters like yourself, and I think it was Ryan Walsh, guys who've got there through really hard work have come on this podcast and raised. It's interesting. You know, and he's a guy like you, Curtis, when he, you know, everything he puts in, he's got out what he put in the boxing. So it's guys like the good, honest guys who, who feel more bitter and angry. But I worry, you know, obviously not everyone's at it, like people say, but how many are there getting away of it because the masking agents are staying a step ahead? Well, you know me, Steve, I boxed for nine years as a pro. Sorry, I've just got to get this in, John. Yeah, Sorry. go on, Curtis, carry on. I, I, bo I boxed nine years for a pro as a pro and was, was drug tested twice in nine years. And for me, that, that's not enough. No. That's incredible. That is st staggering. Um, yeah. That's blown me away, that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, round six, final round. Um, Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders this weekend. Um you know, great if Billy could pull it off. You know, he's, he's a marmite to a lot of people. Uh, you know, I've seen the way he acts. You speak as you find. He's always been fantastic with me, that I will say. But I know what, you know, things he's done has um, aggravated people. But anyway, best by the by. I just think um, if people fancy him this weekend, I just can't see how he causes an upset against Canelo. To me, it'll be bigger than Curry Honeycomb. You got, you're in the realms of Turpin Robinson if he wins. I just don't think he has the power to bother Canelo. He's got, he's got a, he's defense, he's a defensive master. He can walk through everything. And I just think 
as the fight draws on and Billy does get a bit slower, it could be a very painful night for him in the last couple of the last few rounds. And I'm I'm starting to think he's going to be do, you know do well to see it to see it out and get get the distance because Canelo's at his peak right now. He's in that period where boxers have two years, a lot of them, where they're untouchable, and he's at that now, I believe. Yeah, I I I think Billy Joe Storm is a, is a is a great fighter. I think that he's got a couple of really big issues. Number one, Kep Canelo is the bollocks. Number two, he's got a granite chin, so I can't see Billy Joe Saunders knocking him out. Number three, he has zero chance of winning on points. You know, don't don't, don't forget one judge had a, had Canelo drawing before Mayweather. You know, so <laughs> for him to get a decision out there is going to be impossible, and I just can't see how he can knock Canelo out. So. I don't think he's got a chance of winning the fight. Now, whether he he can compete and make it close, I think he can. I think he can win a lot of rounds, you know. But if it was a fair crack of the whip, I, I honestly think that he, he will give Canelo probably his hardest fight he's had for a long time on, on Saturday night. I really do. And I think there might be a bit of controversy. And I, end, I, I see it being quite a close fight, maybe being... a. 116, 113, something along them lines. I think Canelo will win enough rounds to win the fight. But I think Billy will also win enough to, to, to be right in it all the way. I agree with Steve, I think. You know, we spoke about Sonny Edwards saying he, he only had one way to beat Maruti last week. It's the same for Billy, I think. But yeah. Maruti and Canelo are just totally different animals, aren't they? You know, um, if you're setting Canelo, Billy's really set Canelo one problem for three months. Canelo's had three months to get ready for someone who's going to try and outbox him. Canelo knows he's not getting knocked out and I yeah. just think Billy can do it. Well, one one big big thing that, that uh, Billy has got against him as well is inactivity. You know, you look at Canelo, he's been out often, yeah, you know, he, he's been in the gym. He's had a week out straight back in the gym sharpening his tool. Billy's been so inactive that'll definitely go against him. Like Steve said, in the later rounds, you haven't really got that tank um, that fitness to get you through and Canelo will be right on top of it. But I see Billy winning enough early rounds to make it quite competitive and, and quite close. I just I think that, that was... middleweight three years ago, I think it might have been a different fight. Yeah. I mean, I even, Billy would disagree with me. I think I might have said this before. Two, three years ago, he was going to super middleweight. If he could have got to light middleweight three, four years ago, Billy, when you look at his frame, you know, it would have been a pushing, but he could have done it. But also, you told me he can win early rounds and I think you, you're both right there. Um, but you just imagine there's 65,000 people there. First time them judges have heard noise for most of a year. Colello's going to be throwing a shot, missing by the centimetre, and there's going to be 65,000 pissed-up Mexicans going bananas. I was yeah. in that stadium when he fought Liam Smith, and there was 53,000 there. And it was like there was 253. Even when he was missing missing Beefy, they were fucking up in the air rampant because they all yeah. turn up. They all get paralytic. It's like, going to, it's like going to the Manchester Arena times 10. There's nothing to do in Arlington. There's about 20 bars outside. They all just get hammered, the Mexicans. They ain't been out for a year. Yeah. They're going to... Yeah. The shot's going to miss and the judges are going to be influenced by that as well. Sounds I remember great. when Ryan Rhodes, box, Ryan Rhodes boxed in Mexico, didn't he? Yeah. And uh, I remember Ryan said to me, so when, I, when he came to the ring, he said, I fucking couldn't believe the size of him from the way into the ring. Ryan was like, who is this guy opposite me? He said he must have been about 40 pounds heavier than what, what he was on fight night. Yeah. And then I, Ryan boxed him in the middle of Mexico and he said the same. He said he's an absolute god out there. He said he, he's like... like David Beckham times 10. That's what he is, yeah. He's, I mean, yeah. I, I was out there with Matthew Hatton in Anaheim 
which is in a 12,000 arena, even though Kello was emerging as a superstar then. But even then, the atmosphere, and Matthew said about the size of him, you know, they got that yeah. at a certain weight and they, he missed the weight and Matthew got a few quid more. But he said he got in the ring the next night and he just couldn't believe how strong he was. He said, I couldn't believe it. He said, if it was the seventh round, he got hit. And he said, all I could do then... Was trouble survive because Matthew was a tough bastard. Matthew Hatton, he, he yeah. all he could do was survive those last four rounds and just wait for the bell to end. Yeah, have we gone past the three minutes? Oh, we always wait for the last round. We always wait for the last round. But I, I never, I never forget when I boxed Dale Miles. I'll never forget uh, Dale Miles was a lump at, at, at light welter, and um, at the weigh-in. I, I towards the end, I was struggling to make ten stone. It was hard work for me, and and at the weigh-in. Um, I've struggled for that fight to make it. Not struggled, but it'd been harder than normal. And I've seen him at the weigh-in, and I looked—I didn't look great at all. But he looked absolutely horrendous. He, he, I could tell he'd struggle like mad. And um, so we, we got on the scales. We both made the weight. We did a little head-to-head. And the way he looked was making me feel so confident. I'll never forget, I said to him, I'm going to fucking break you in half tomorrow. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget, he went like this, he went, and laughed. <laughs> And I remember walking away thinking, fucking hell, does he know something I don't know? <laughs> and, and, and the night of the fight, I'll never forget walking to the ring. It was at the Magna, and I was coming out second, and he was already in the ring. And he was stood in the corner, just jumping up and down, waiting for me. And I remember the closer I got to the ring, thinking, who the fuck is that over there? <laughs> he was massive. Is this someone had put a pump up his ass and just blew him up, and he went, Whoa! First round when he hit me in the first round and God, he shook me right down to his boots. And I remember thinking, that's fucking why he was laughing at me. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's amazing how much people can grow in 24 hours, hey, isn't it? It's, I'll never forget, um, you might know the story. I know John, John will know it. Um, when Amir Khan fought Bradis Prescott, when the trainer, Rubio, picked the opponent and... Uh, yeah. Dean Powell, who obviously you know, Curtis, he managed you early in your career. He, Johnny, but he always used to check opponents through Johnny Boss. But this one, he never. And Johnny Boss, the late Johnny Boss, who, you know, knew everything about every fighter on that side of the wall, said, rang up Dean and said, what are you doing picking this guy? He's all wrong for him. He's, he's absolutely wrong. So there was panic stations then when they, a couple of weeks, they started panicking a bit a couple of weeks before. So they could come to the way and all week on the, um, I remember... Steve Bell, who used to box, he, well, I went to the workout. I was covering the fight, and I went to the workout. Prescott did, and he was at Arnie Farnell's gym. And Arnie would tell you this story, John. And he was hitting the bag, and he was hitting it in slow motion. Oh, Khan's going to walk through this guy. I don't know what Dean's worried about, because Dean had told me, you know, oh, Johnny Boston said this. And then they weighed in, and then he was, as you say, he looked... <laughs> That six foot two and a lay looked terrible. And remember Dean saying to me is that two hours later they saw him in the hotel. It filled out a bit more. They saw him outside of McDonald's two hours after that. It filled out a bit more. By breakfast the next morning, Dean was like <laughs> in his hands, you know. I love it. Yeah, well, I miss boxing. Well, it misses you. I can see you still got the enthusiasm for it, Curtis, and you've been brilliant joining us tonight. Hopefully, we can get you on again in a couple of months if you can afford us the time. If you're not working in football by then, and uh, it'd yeah. be great. And perhaps you'll have your little medal from the Queen to show us then. Yeah, I'd love to come on at any time and talk boxing. I'm always available. I love it, and I'm so grateful for what the sport um, gave me. And boxing has so many. Um, people that are giving it stick all the time you know so many people slagging it off and 
whenever they're in my company, I'll never have a bad word said about boxing. I've, I've witnessed it from grassroots level all the way up to championship level. And, and it, it's an amazing sport that does so much good for so many people. So I'm, I'm proud that I played a very, very small part in the history of boxing. And yeah, it's amazing. Whenever my name pops up and I get introduced, it's always the same like you guys introduced me. Curtis Woodhouse, former British like welterweight champion. So that stays with me forever. So I'm, I'm really proud of my time. No, I'm going to take that. And, and, you know, look, I mean, I've done a right job. I'll be honest, you, what you achieved shocked me. I'm not going to say I thought you were going to do that. I remember your first fight. I watched it on telly um, against yeah. Dean, Dean, oh, Dean, Dean Mark Antonio. Don't make Antonio. And, who, you know, didn't have the greatest record. And you, and I'll be honest, I'm sure you might admit now, I don't know, you might want to chin me. I thought you, you won, but just about got through it. So to become British champion from that, you wouldn't have had a penny on it. So You know what, Steve? And you're so right, because I I show that fight now to a lot of the young kids that, that I coach and I train, um, and they come in and they're, and they're, they're, they're struggling to get certain shots off. And, and I show my first fight, I say, you don't look there and say, whoa, there's a champion there. So the kid that I boxed had, had five fights, lost four, won one, and I won by two points. And I, at the end of the round, I, I thought, can I have won that? And I won that. It was nip and tuck. So it, 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 it's not about where you start. It's about how much you're willing to put into it to get to where you want to be. You know, and it, what annoyed me more than anything is when I won the British title, a lot of people were saying, you know, Oh, well, he, he was a natural because he'd come from football. He was, a, he was an athlete, you know. He, of course he was going to do well. And, I, and I, I felt like showing him that fight. And I was like, I was a laughing stock. That's what I was. I got there through hard work and dedicating my life to it. So, you know, that first fight for me is, is like what you said, Steve. I, I hold that in such high esteem because I show kids, listen, it doesn't matter, matter where you are now. You know, imagine where you can be in five years' time if you dedicate yourself to it and, you know, and that's what I'm proud of. You know, I gave it, I gave, I got the maximum out of myself in 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 boxing. That's why I achieved why I, I, I achieved. I got every ounce out of myself. Reckon, Curtis. You know, just before you said sometimes you lose a close fight and you don't really think about it as a loss. I spoke to you in your dressing room after the Shane Singleton fight, and that wasn't your attitude that night, was it? That was one that really, really bit you. That yeah. one. Well, you know what? That that one that one hurt the most out of yeah. all my losses, probably because I just won the English title. And I was told that if I if I defended it, I was going to get a shot at the British title. And obviously that was my that was my game. And I, I thought once I lost to Shane, and I think the commentary team had me winning nine rounds to one or eight rounds to two. Yeah. Once I lost that fight to Shane, I thought that I blew my chance of fighting for the British title. And I just thought like that, that I'm done. You know, I think I was 33 at the time, wasn't getting any younger. That then had probably put me out of the top 10 in the country. I thought my opportunity to fight for the British had gone, so I was absolutely devastated. Um, so, yeah, that wasn't my attitude at the time. <laughs> every time every time I lost, I retired. Every single time for about <laughs> a good 24 hours. I remember um, Adam Booth ringing me one time after my first loss. He rang me up and said, um, he said, have you heard of a fighter called Muhammad Ali? And I said, yeah, obviously. He said, uh, well, he lost five times. He said, I'm sure fucking Curtis Woodhouse can lose one and not cry about it. So, yeah, if it's good enough for Ali, it's good enough for me. Curtis, you've been, I mean this, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. You're up there. who's one of our top guests on this so far, I'm sure. John agrees. Thanks very much, Curtis. Thank you, John, and thanks everyone who, who's listening. Curtis, thanks again, and we'll come back to you in a couple months and chat boxing. Cheers, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Thank Curtis. you. Good luck, boys. For our boxing... 
info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.